All right. Welcome to the Black Belt Show, hosted by Black Belt Nutrition. I'm your host, Rocco Flores, joining you with my co-host, Jin Shin. And on this show, uh, we will be interviewing the world's best grapplers and fighters from all around the planet, talking about how fighting has changed their life and what it's done for them and how they've become a black belt in their own respective fields. Um, our first interview, uh, weighing in 155 pounds, fighting out of Saipan, Northern Marianas, Frank the Crank, King of Micronesia, Camacho. Yo, what's up? Uh, I don't know if I'm 155 pounds right now, but... Uh... <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, no. I know, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Dude, they, they, man, fucking super stoked, super honored to be on the on the the first edition of the show, you know. And I totally dig it. I totally see what uh, like like all the different types of cool ass interviews uh, that that and stories that we can you, know, you guys can share. You know what I mean? So, um, man, honored, honored to be the first one. Hell yeah! First, first is the best. Hell yeah! So Frank, you're from you're from Saipan. Um, and for most of our viewers, I doubt they have any idea what Saipan is. They probably think we're saying Spain wrong. So if you or Saigon, Saigon, yeah, Saigon, they might think you're Vietnamese. Yeah. If, if they didn't see you, so do you mind telling us about Saipan and just growing up there and what it's all about? Yeah. So actually, to uh, to kind of explain, right? So Guam and Saipan is uh it's an island group in micronesia micronesia is in the pacific if you don't know where the pacific is there's a bunch of islands you don't see it from the from from the globe but in between japan and australia there's a bunch of little dots in there and we're one of them you know and guam so i'm actually born on guam raised in saipan my mom is from Guam. My dad is from Saipan and uh, we moved and we, we grew up in Saipan. So Saipan is about shoot, like 14 miles by seven. So it's, it's fucking small, you know? Uh, I mean, for me, it was the biggest thing ever, right? Because I mean, that's, that's where we grew up. But yeah, I uh, born on Guam, raised in Saipan, but I consider uh, myself, or I consider home as the Mariana Islands, which is a chain of 14 islands. So, yeah, I'm a born and raised local boy, island boy. Okay, sounds cool. So, uh, based on our research, correct us if we're wrong, but when you grew up in Saipan, you were originally a golfer, right? Not a fighter? Yeah. How serious Our was that? Were you, like, were you trying to make it pro? Trying to go to college? Yeah, it's crazy, dude. So funny thing is that I never really played any other sports, you know, I, uh, growing up, I was always kind of like a big, I was always kind of like a chunky kid. Well, I still kind of, I kind of am, but, uh, I, because of MMA and my career, I have to kind of keep it under control, you know, but yeah. So growing up I was never really athletic. And, uh, I tried to play baseball once as a kid and I was like, ah, it's not my thing. Um, I always wanted to play football. Uh, my mom wouldn't let me because she said it was too dangerous. And thinking about look, look, look at the sport that my career that I'm in now. But I think I remember what happened was there was like a typhoon that hit Saipan and like the power just went back on. And, you know, the, 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 the island was kind of like wrecked. 
And then the only channel that I think that was on was the golf channel, channel 43, you know? And I just remember, I just remember I was like, dad, can I want to go do that? You know? So I grew up in a middle-class family. So, you know, golf is not really like the thing, you know what I mean? Right. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of a, it's more of an expensive sport, right? Ben, you got to pay for green fees. Clubs are expensive. You got to, it's, it's, it's not like you can just pick up a ball and go play basketball all day, all night, whatever. Right. Right. So yeah, we went to the driving range and my, my, my dad never wanted to play golf. He kind of didn't like golf. And then I was, dude, it's just so minute. I was like five years old. There's nothing to do on an island. You know what I mean? So I, I just started playing, uh, started swinging. Next thing you know, uh, I was back the next day. And then I, I wanted to ask my dad if we could come back the next day. And then, and then I was doing it after school. And then next thing you know, man, I'm hooked. Like, and, and I'm like, seven years old two years in holy shit and it, i don't know if it was just like it was me against myself just because i like being outside or or i i, I enjoyed the enjoyed the game fast forwarding like probably like eight nine years old the finally there was a junior golf league that came around I joined the junior golf league. I started playing. Guys, this I was I was playing. I was, pra I was practicing uh twice a day, and yeah, that and then it started to become like like a oh shit. Uh, I'm gonna I could I could go to school for this. You know what I mean? Or or oh man, I can um I I could maybe play in the PGA one day. You know so. It was one of those things and and golf was golf was life. Oh yeah. Shit. So you were deep in the game. Game, bro. Okay, so uh, I, like I didn't like I didn't want to I didn't want to do anything else aside from play golf. Then how did the transition to MMA happen? You know, I've always been a big kid, right? And uh middle school school is going to go into a bigger school and I, I, you know, I was I had I had the I had the golf tan I was kind of heavy and I wanted to get uh I wanted to get in shape but there was no way that I was going to go running you know what I mean to lose weight I was like hell no dude running is so boring and it's so hard yeah. so I had a friend that was doing this it, it was called NHB at the time no holds barred it wasn't called MMA right, right. yet oh shit yeah it was called NHB and there, I heard of, there was a Fury fighting islands in like Tinian in one of the, one of uh, the small islands. And, and it was just catching on like wildfire and everyone was just doing it. But it was more so, it was more so like fight clubs, you know, it wasn't like, it, or it was like underground fights. It's kind of like, oh shit, like, what is this thing? What is this thing everyone's talking about? Oh, what is this UFC? What is this pride? At the time it was pride, pride fighting championships. And so I was like, yeah, oh man, I, I want to get in shape. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm a huge Bruce Lee fan. Dude, I, I, dude, I, I watched Van Damme, you know, come on, I, I, I can do my thing. Dude, so I went to the gym and it was, it was a, it was a big warehouse, a boat warehouse. So they were, they were fixing boats and it was just a bunch, it was a mat and it just smelled like fiberglass in there and gas. And I was like, dude, this is freaking gnarly, you know? And this was on and Saipan? Gosh, this is in Saipan. Okay. And this is where I first met Cookie Alvarez because Cookie Alvarez uh he had a connection to guam and he was he saw what happened to all the saipan guys that got 
beat up uh, against all the Guam guys in uh, Fury, you know, in, in Fury and Tinian. And all the these Saipan guys were, were trying to learn what these Guam guys were doing. And a lot of it was jujitsu, you know, a lot of it was grappling because a lot of the guys were like, oh, yeah, I'm a Taekwondo, 10-time Taekwondo champion or 10-time <laughs> karate champion, you know what I mean? But, yo, like these guys were just getting wrestled and put on their backs and guys are just mounting them and just pounding them out, you know? Yeah. So it was a huge shift in martial arts uh, and fighting in, in the islands. And, and I happened to, to come in at the, at the same time, you know, because I just wanted to lose weight. <laughs> so I came like in. Hoist Gracie joined the first UFCs. Sort of, sort of, yeah. yeah like I, I, but this was very pivotal for the islands, you know? Right. Because uh, this is this time maturity, like 2004. So I think when Hoist Gracie was fighting in the UFC, you know, that was like in early 90s. Right, right. But everyone uh, was coming in with their different styles, and then he's yeah, like grappling. Yeah. You know, grappling is the way to go. Oh, for sure, for sure. That's exactly what happened. And 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 Tinian Fury fighting, uh, Fury fighting Islands Tinian, all the the biggest baddest uh, dudes from Saipan all got smashed because they all just got taken down and 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 like really just beat up. You know, submitted or just pound, ground and pounded. So anyway, I was I was I was training. Uh, I, I, I showed up just to lose weight. And next thing you know, like I was just getting beat up. I just, I, fuck, I had no idea what to do. You know what I mean? I was, I was only 15 years old. Who's 14, the first guy? Who's the first guy you fought? Man, I, I think the first, so when I first got there, it was, it was, uh, they started teaching us how to roll, you know? Oh. I was like, I was like, man, what are you guys doing in here? Like, why are you guys like hugging and grappling and trying to like, you know, like hug each other? You know, like I, I, I couldn't comprehend that. Yeah, yeah. And then I think I, I my first, uh, his name is, uh, I don't know if he's still a cop, but he's, he's older than me. But, uh, and then Cookie Alvarez, Jason Slade, Adam. So these are a lot of like uh, the OG fighters from, from the islands. Uh, man, it was, yeah, these are, these are, these are like the who's who at the time of, of MMA. Right? These, are, these are all the guys, this is the group that all got together to start mixed martial arts in Saipan you know and I was just like whoa what uh oh Ben Govendo sorry that's it man rest in peace Ben Govendo he, he's passed but uh, he 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 lived in in Thailand and he was he was the first guy that we saw Muay Thai you know <laughs> it was just like kicking poles and shit we're like yo this guy's fucking um anyway so yeah we had to learn this like grappling stuff and then I was just, I went, I think I was rolling with like Cookie Alvarez and then they were just smashing me, you know, like just tapping me out, choking me out. I couldn't do nothing, you know? And I was like, man, what the heck? Like I was the easy round, you know, everyone would spar and everyone and then they were like, oh yeah, let me go Frank because I want to take a round off, you know? <laughs> yeah, so I was that guy. And I, and then, but I would be just be so, I don't know if it was like the, the golf single athlete uh, mindset, but I was just so fascinated by it and I was like how do I how do I stop them from choking me out you know how do I stop them from arm barring me so I came back the next day and then but the next day would be boxing you know what I mean because it was a, it was a, it was an NHB gym so it was a, uh, a MMA gym so each day was something different so Monday would be jiu-jitsu Tuesday would be wrestling Wednesday would be boxing Thursday would be kickboxing and a Friday would be everything together 
you know, so like I would show up and then I, would, I thought I was going to get ready for grappling. And then it was like, no, we're boxing. I'm like, whoa, okay, <laughs> holy cow. Okay, shoot. Leaving with a bloody nose. You know what I mean? And the next day it's like getting ready for boxing and now I'm getting slammed on my back. You know what I mean? Right. So, so this just continued on for months, for months. But for some reason, I just kept coming back. Okay. So did you, did you genuinely enjoy it or was it kind of a pride thing? Like, I want to be able to kick some ass. Uh, no, not so much because, you know, to, uh, up to this day, I still never got into a, sh- I've still never been into a street fight, you know? So when you, or so like a, or like was it like, was it like golf where you said you were, you just instantly loved it? Like, was there that instant love or like, did it click automatically or was it kind of a gradual um, thing for you? I, I think, I think it was, so, so back to golf. I think my thing with golf was I was so frustrated that I couldn't hit the ball, you know, like I was like, yo, man, this ball stains still and I can't fucking hit this thing and I can't even hit it far. You know what I mean? Like I'll just hit it here, here, here. And then I think what happened was during the first time at playing the first time at the driving range, I hit one good one. And, you know, and I think it was only 50 yards or something like that, but I was like five years old. Right. But I hit one good one and I was like, yo, let's go how do we do this even more you know what i mean so then i think that was the fascination so i kind of took that maybe during during mma or mixed martial arts i was like yo like i see what you guys are doing to me why can't i do it to you you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. i'm trying to do it you know i'm trying to grab your arm i'm trying to make you quit but yo you're just like yeah you're older than me you're 30 years old and i'm only 15 or whatever but man no that's not the that's you know it's never an excuse so i i I think i was so fascinated by that like how are you being able how are you how are you able to do this to me but i'm not able to do that to you you wanted to solve the problem yeah i want to solve the problem you know and it wasn't like "Ah, i'm gonna be beating me up i'm gonna be you know it was never like that it was it's like yo man like how do i solve this issue you know yeah right and so how long were you doing this training until your first pro fight? I was doing it for a year. For so a year. I, so every day I, w- I would show up. Every day I would get beat up. Every day, literally every day got beat up. Every day got beat up. And then finally, like, I think around seven, Cookie Cookie w- w- has a better time timeline. But uh, around seven to eight months, ooh, I, 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 I'll get someone in a Kimura you know, and then I wouldn't finish it. You know what I mean? I'll get them in an armbar and, the, and then the time will go off and I'll be like, oh, okay. All right. Good, good, good work. Good work. All right. Next, next partner, you know, I'm like, oh shit. It's fucking coming along, you know, but it was about seven, eight months. And then like about almost around eight months, nine months, I'll get, I'll start tapping guys out, start tapping guys out, start tapping guys out. And then a year later, uh, Cookie threw his first promotion and I was like, shoot, trench wars. Let's freaking do it. And you fought in the very first trench wars. Yeah. Fought in the so what the so the history of trench wars was, you know, Guam uh the Guam guys like Roman Dela Cruz, uh, you know, and 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 Spike 22, uh Steve Roberto, like these guys were all they were fighting, and then and and Roman Dela Cruz from Fuckai was uh and Steve Shimizu through were throwing big events they're throwing big fights fury you know and there was also pxc at the time <clears throat> pacific extreme combat it was, a, it was an event that i fought in and they how do i say this 
So they were throwing all these events on Guam, but Saipan never really had theirs. We, Cookie and I, we went to a Spike 22. Spike 22 is a gym on Guam. Melker Manabusan was throwing a fundraiser. So he would throw these fundraisers and he would basically have fights at his gym and charge an entrance fee and then sell beer and sell food or whatever. And it would be considered a fundraiser, you know? And, and we would raise money to for like gym equipment or whatever, you know, <laughs> unsanctioned events. Yeah. And a lot of the fights were just teammates, you know, but like teammates. So like, like if, you know, Rocco and I were teammates, right? Like we would scrap our freaking minds off, but because we, we spar hard anyway during practice. So we'll just put on the MMA gloves and we'll really fight, you know, just for the fundraiser, right. you know, it's unsanctioned, no nothing or whatever. Right. But yeah, so that was the thing. So it was all teammates fighting. And Cookie and I, or Cookie more so, because he's a promoter, right? He threw motocross events. You know, he's, people don't know Cookie Alvarez. Cookie Alvarez is like, uh, uh, man, high level motocross rider, high level. He used to compete like in Asia, Australia for uh, jet ski racing, you know? So he knew he was an athlete from the get-go. And he also knew how to throw events because he was throwing motocross events in, in, in the region that I'm in. But, but anyway... So we, we went to the fundraiser, we fought on the fundraiser and Cookie was like, yo, man, we can do this thing. We can do this type of small event. We could just throw it at our gym. And that's where Trench Wars, Trench Wars one fight night came about. So you were kind of part of the organization for the first uh, fight promotions in Saipan as well. Correct. Yeah. Because so, Cookie, huh? No, go on, go on. Yeah. So this was like, a, a so. I was training at the at the warehouse before it was called Trench Tech. I see. So was Trench Wars the first official MMA event in Saipan? The Trench Wars was the first official Saipan event. Uh, there was there there was a Fury prior to that, uh, a Fury Fighting Islands from uh, it was a promotion on Guam that did a did a show in Saipan. But other than that, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was Trench Wars. Okay. What, what was the original Trench Wars like? What's the atmosphere? How are the, how was the crowd? Oh man, I, I got to send you guys videos. There's video clips, but it was basically a crowd of like 400, 500 people. Hot as hell, dude. Zero ventilation in the warehouse, bro. So this grungy? is basically where we train. Grungy, dude. Everyone was sweaty, but no one left their seat. No one wanted to leave their seat, you know, because they wanted to watch the fights. Initially, we, Cookie got a boxing, who was going to rent a boxing ring. But and then it got political and like the boxing guys didn't want to be like, oh, we don't want to support your, your, your fighting, you know, boxing is the real, you know, it was kind of like this, right, this right. thing, right? So Cookie, Ben. We're gonna build our own cage. So, so the two days before building a cage, and you know, like usually, like a uh, if you if you look at the UFC fence, right? Um, if you see the the UFC fence, there there's like plastic, plastic coating on yeah. The, yeah on the fencing. Dude, this this one when they welded it, it was like pipes and freaking it was galvanized <laughs> fencing, dude. And then the fencing on the on the far side was rusty. I was like, dude, this is pretty gnarly. It was like a freaking deer cage or like a dog cage, literally. And then there's like spikes from the cage on the top like this. We're like, yo, this is gnarly. <laughs> you know, but but we just, we wanted to fight, you know? So we, we didn't really, I mean, yeah, it was pretty, 
it's pretty gnarly thinking about it now, but back then we have a place to fight. And the Rectagon. <laughs> Wait, say, so, sorry, say that again, the Rectagon? Yeah, it was a... So it was a rectangle. Yeah, it was a rectangle. <laughs> you think about it. Uh, in, in the UFC, right, it's a circle cage. Right. So you can kind of circle around, right? But in a rectangle, there's corners. So if you get stuck in a corner, you can get pounded out and you can get fucked, you know? <laughs> so it was, it was pretty gnarly. And we fought, we fought in that cage three times. So what, what were the crowds like? Did, was it, was there, did the crowds ever try to fight the fight? Like, what was that ambiance? No, like? The ambiance was, bro, it was amazing, dude. It was like, uh, just, I mean, not, not only in the islands, right? But everywhere. Everyone likes watching fights. Yeah. Right. You know, man, you're at the bar. <clears throat> you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think people in the street, right? You can get hurt or whatever, right? But altercations happen. And when they happen, everyone's out there watching, yeah, <laughs> you right, know? Right. You know, you're like, oh shit, oh shit, oh fuck, good punch, you know? Yeah. So, so here, everyone, the audience was just, everyone was just so, so excited to see live fights in a cage you know live you know your own show like this is like the first of its kind every everyone was tripping out you know everyone had and then also too in the islands it's a huge um cockfighting culture you know mm -hmm. so like uh you know like fighting like fighting birds yeah. for gambling yeah it's like huge, huge cockfighting yeah, so basically it was kind of like it, you know what I mean? But except minus the blades. <laughs> so then was there, was there, in the, the people of Saipan, was there already kind of a, like an underground backyard fight culture before the MMA stuff took off? Or was it not really until the whole MMA scene started blowing up where people kind of started fighting? You know what I mean? Like, was there already kind of that tough uh, culture beforehand or did the MMA change uh, things a little bit? Oh yeah, for sure. I think I think the 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 fighting culture has always been in the islands, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you know, fights at school, fights whatever. But as far as like an underground like fighting, I don't think there was. I think it was always like the tough man in the village or tough man in the from the from different parts of the island, but never like this. Because now, yeah, guys, now guys were training and guys were getting ready for fights, and and then, uh. This was the start of like holy cow i cannot get tired now i need to get with my guys and we need to practice <laughs> was there beef when people from guam would come to saipan to fight or saipan would go to guam to fight would there be like an island beef in those cage fights like this uh i think i think i i would be lying if if i said no because for sure you know there was always that that uh, the island competition you know yeah but for the longest time guam has always been ahead you know, because Guam had all the jiu-jitsu guys from the States come into these seminars. There was just a lot more uh, resources here on Guam, you know, for, for the competitors. Did Saipan ever have their moment when they were like, aha, gotcha? Um, I think little by little we did. Uh, I, uh, you know, we were so blessed to have uh, like one of Ensign's number, Ensign Inouye's uh, really good students, Tetsuji Kato. He was my first sensei. 
he he was actually sent from he he wanted to stay on Guam. He couldn't he couldn't get a visa, but he was able to get a visa in Saipan from Japan. He moved to Saipan. He was teaching all of us, you know. So this guy like fought Anderson Silva back in the day. You know, we didn't even know who Anderson Silva was. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, yeah, Tetsuji Kato just really brought that next level of training and mentality of training for us. So. Kato really, uh, Sensei Kato really had us um, develop and 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 grow to where uh, toward that aha moment, you know. I'm not too sure, but and then by the time by the time Saipan and Guam kind of got competitive, uh, the I felt like the arena kind of shifted towards. Uh, towards fighting guys from off island okay you know like the island boys versus these guys you know what i mean but yeah you you have island rivalries like a real good island rivalry was uh the the i don't know if they fought three times but the trilogy of like roki martinez and um and kelvin that was that was like a heavyweight islands that they had they won, and then uh roki roki won you know so Frank, I know you've probably been asked this story a thousand times, um, but I think it's something a lot of people, you know, would love to hear. You fought your uncle in your second fight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you fought your uncle in your second fight. Um, you mind telling us a little bit about that? Yeah. So my first fight went well. I freaking got the W, whatever. Then Cookie threw Trent towards two. And there is this guy, uh, there was this guy that people were talking about, like he was, he was, he was tough. He had like really badass kicks and his name was Mike Camacho. It was my uncle Mike, you know? And yeah. You describe this guy like you don't know him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. So they were just talking about him. I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, I know Uncle Mike. You know what I mean? So he, yeah, I never knew him as a fighter or whatever. You know, I was always just kind of like, like, just like one of his nephews, whatever. Anyway he uh he had a fight coming up and then i had a i had a match coming up so but something happened to where i think his guy got injured and my guy pulled out or whatever and and it was kind of like hey uh boy you wanna you wanna you wanna fight you know it kind of got to the point where you know we're training already you know so i was like oh yeah sure goodbye let's do it you know what i mean <laughs> dude i'm dude i'm down like i mean i've been practicing whatever He's like, yeah, okay, just, you know, just don't hold back because I won't, I won't hold back. I'm like, all right, shoot, let's do it. <laughs> so that, that fight ended up uh, pulling through. And I just remember, I just remember, uh, uh, so Sherdog.com was just, it was huge back then. And dial-up internet, bro. Dial-up internet, dude. I, I, I was downloading like a bunch of like move videos and like, to for like you guys ever have to deal with dial up no no not us only when i was yeah. my cousin in challenge pago <laughs> <laughs> dude. <laughs> dude dial up sucked man it was like for a two minute video dude i would have to leave my computer on all night <laughs> 56k bro and then when someone would call that line it would just be like it would cut it off anyway i would i would download uh highlight reels and the highlight reel that I downloaded before I fought my uncle Mike was Vanderlei Silva uh, just kneeing the shit out of people in the face 
and stomping on them. So, uh, so that's basically what I did. <laughs> you think he was shocked? You think he thought? Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah, for sure. You know, because I mean, he, uh, don't get me wrong. I'm sure he was a really good martial artist. You know, like he was. He was. I think he was like a taekwondo like medalist or or like karate champ or whatever. But yo, man, I fucking bro, I didn't bring. You know what I mean? <laughs> Do you think that was your moment in the community where people kind of realized like you were the real deal? Uh, I don't know. I think I think maybe. I think maybe the, 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 the first, the validation was probably the first fight because everyone probably heard about, oh, who's this Frank Camacho kid, you know, like Cookie and all the boys are talking about this, this kid that's been training with all of them for the longest time. And they're saying that this kid is good, you know, this kid's good. So I, I actually, my first fight, I was the main event for Trench Wars 1. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. I was a main event for Trench Wars, Trench Wars One against Bernie, the Shadow of Death. Neth. <laughs> Fuck, what a crazy ass. Huh? Was he badass? I think he wrestled like he he, he was some Chucky's guy. Okay. Uh, he, he was he was a Chucky's guy that that worked that worked with Cookie uh, on the on the like yeah, like he was like a boat captain or something like that, like at one of the islands, you know, yeah. like he he, drove, he was the captain for the banana boats or something. Or the parasailing boats or whatever, but he but he wrestled I think with with uh, with the team Chuck like with their wrestling team and 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 I was like sixteen years old you know I was sixteen years old and this guy was like twenty eight you know yeah yeah and and like and Cookie is a promoter you know he really promoted it well you know I was scared as hell it was my first fight I was like holy shit dude this guy's fucking big. Like I weighed in at 170 and this guy came in at like 198, you know, there's no real weight classes back then. Yeah. You know, it was like, I don't know why we, we had weigh-ins because like no one fucking came in the same weight anyway, you know? Yeah. So like I weighed, like everyone would take off their shirt, but they would be wearing like jeans, you know what I mean? With fucking, with everything in their pockets. I'm like, dude, you guys are so dumb. They came straight from work. This is the yeah, came straight from work. So yeah. Yeah. Lunch break. They're fucking wearing their boots and shit. You're like, yo. Hey, for, for the yeah. first fights, did you guys have walkout music too? Yeah, yeah, what we was did. Your walkout song. Dude, my first entrance song was "Down with the Sickness." Oh hell yeah! Okay. Yeah, you know, because it was like the drums, do 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 do, and then like I just waited, and then I just had it in my head, like when the when he came, oh wow, that's when I started walking out. You know, dude. Funny thing was is that I walked out. I walked out and I was so pumped and I was freaking ready to go. And then I got to the front and I was like, oh shit. They're like, where's your mouthpiece and cuff? And I was like, oh shit, oh shit. And I had to run back and try to get them. Like, totally fucked up. You're too pumped yeah, up totally on the song? Forgot. Yeah, I totally forgot about that story. Holy shit. Honestly, they probably would have even let you fight without it. Probably. Yeah, I could I could have been like, oh yeah, her, her, her. You know, okay, shoot, go. Right, you got to bring that song back for your next UFC fight. No, man, I don't know, yeah. dude. I'll probably get too pumped up. You think, you, like, you gas think, out. You think, I was going to say, you think it makes you uh, too pumped up on the way there? You gas out by the time you make it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Do I have, like, an adrenaline dump right before I get to the... <laughs> <laughs> Bro, so then you had your, your first off-island fight in the Philippines in 2006. Oh, yeah. um, bro, what was it? So what was it like traveling, being in high school and traveling off-island? Yeah fighting like in dude, a foreign country bro. dude so mind you this was this was crazy because <clears throat> fuck, i think my principal's name was karen borja karen borja <clears throat> but i 
I almost didn't, I didn't, I almost, I almost didn't get to my senior year because of that fight. Because I, uh, the title fight for, so, so, so we got a call from the Philippines. Hey, we, we want our middleweight champion, dude, middleweight, 185 pounds, dude. I'm like fucking, I was like a bucket. I was 180 pounds, like after a fucking fiesta, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So 185 pounds. And you know, all of us were like, ah, shoot, whatever, bro. I'm down. Let's go to the Philippines. Hell yeah. You know, I'm 16 years old. You know, this is my first title fight against against their 185 pound champ and man but it was it was uh it was during exam week you know so i was like fuck it dude so i like i think i lied to my parents or I, I made up some story or whatever and then we went and my, my dad and i ended up going with the team to the philippines you know long story fucking got to the philippines we it was like my first big fight ever dude like they picked us up like in uh in a bar you know what i mean they are to the event and we're like holy shit this is fucking so different you know it's not like can go to the freaking so it's not like it, it, it was it was like a full-on event right full-on sanction check with the commission whatever and then okay so i'm, I'm missing exam week already okay i'm missing already i don't know how many days of school you know and I I'm, I have to fight this guy wherever I like. They basically brought me in to lose. You know what I mean? You're supposed to be a squash match. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, man, they they beat uh they beat this 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 kid from the islands. Yeah, now he's a champ. You know, now we have our we're our so we told you know, yeah. But I went in there and he was big, dude. I just remember he. Was, I was just like, holy shit, this guy's fucking huge you know what i mean yeah and then i i don't know what happened i think i threw like a big left hook and then i grabbed him and then i well we got to a scuffle i threw him on the ground and then i got and then i was like yo i need to finish this guy because and and i thought it was called the urcc and it was two 10 minute rounds it wasn't like three five minute rounds oh shit yeah, so I was like, fuck, okay, I, I didn't train for 10 minute rounds, so I, did, I better finish this guy, because I don't have 10 minutes in me, you know, so right when we threw, right when we threw him to the, I threw him to the ground on neon belly, and I just started throwing haymakers, dude, bam, 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 actually, I broke my hand, that's the first time I've ever broke my hand, hurt like hell. Oh, you broke it during fight. Yeah, no, so I threw, my first punch that I threw on him the ground, I hit him on the top of the head, and I broke, I broke this, uh, my left, my my left pinky knuckle. This, did you, this, did you this, feel it during the fight? Yeah, heard it. Heard it crack because it went back. They just took a pat. It went back, you know. Mm-hmm. Bang! Ah! But I just kept throwing, kept throwing. I was like, you know what, man? I, I better finish it because if he gets up, I'm gonna have one less hand, you know. Yeah. So I just finished, finished, dude. It was like 43 unanswered punches, and then the ref finally stopped it. Like that's how much they try to hold this guy to freaking win, you know. Were people shocked? Yeah, dude. After the fight, Cookie Alvarez jumped up and it was like, ah, it was just going wild. But you could hear a pin drop. Like the crowd was quiet, you know? I was like, oh my God, we're going to get assassinated. Were they pissed? <laughs> uh, 
after my post-fight speech, I, for, I forgot what I said, but I, I, I was just very, very thankful and very grateful for the opportunity. And then, you know, the crowd was all cool. And then that's when, that's when I kind of like, I, I had my first uh, Philippine base fan base. Okay, was after cool. that fight. Yeah. Like yeah. But what was the MMA scene like in the Philippines at that period of time? Very, very green. Green. Very green. Yeah. Like it's still kind of Asia, Asia MMA is still kind of green right now. What does that mean? New. Like, yeah, oh, sorry, it's green. Like it's still very new. Yeah. Still okay, very okay. new. Yeah. So was it also kind of grungy? Was it have similar island style grunginess? Uh, no, not so much because they had the discipline of like their martial arts and they had the discipline of like building world champion like boxers and stuff. Right. So they were, they knew how to throw fights, you know, but they just didn't know how to fight on the ground, okay. which is kind of so, crazy, like how superior ground fighting is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Even to this, even to this day, man, fucking the Dagestanians are killing everyone. Right. All right. So you're active through 2007 and then you have one fight. In 2019 in Fairfax, 2009, Virginia. 2009. In 2009 in Fairfax, Virginia. What were you doing in Virginia? Well, so so after high school, so, so Philippines, right? And then I fought all the way through. I was fighting PXC, fighting in Saipan, fighting trench wars. And then I got to this point where like I was like, okay, I, I, I'm graduating high school and I have to do something. You know what I mean? It's like I either got to go to school or I got to go... I got to do something, you know, my dad said, I got to get out of the house, you know, I got to pursue something, you know, I was like, oh shit, okay, fuck. Uh, so I, after fighting a few times, I was saving my money. And then I, there was this guy here on Guam, his name was Mike Fowler. And he was, he was teaching, he was teaching jujitsu at Purebred and he was just smashing everyone, dude, like in jujitsu. I was like, holy shit, this guy was like, this guy would be talking while submitting all these guys that I would look up to, you know, these local boys. Oh, hey, Franco, what arm do you want me to armbar? You want me to armbar his left arm? Okay, okay. Boom, and the armbar his left arm. I'm like, dude, who's this guy with the cheetah haircut? You know what I mean? <laughs> Some freaking crazy white guy. But he was fucking good. So I asked him, I was like, yo, where did you come from? You know? And then uh, he was like, oh, I, I, I came from Lloyd Irvin's. Uh, Lloyd Irvin's Academy in, in Maryland on the east coast you know in dc like in the dmv area i was like okay and then it was fucking i think that night that night my dad and i were watching the ufc and we saw this guy come out this small heavyweight guy come out and he was fighting frank mir in the ufc uh former ufc heavyweight champion and this guy's name was brandon vera I know we're like, holy shit, dude, who, this guy just fucking mauled Frank Mir, dude. Punched him and kneed him, and Frank Mir flew in the air after that knee. You know, like, it was crazy. And then I just saw that that he had the Lloyd Irvin punch, and Lloyd Irvin was in, in his corner. I was like, oh, shit, who is this guy? You know, like, it was just things after things. And then I, I signed up to, to Lloyd's uh, newsletter, and then I was sold, man, and I... I I knew what I wanted to do. I, I saved my money and I was going to go go to Maryland and and fucking check it out. I told him I was going to come out and, and if he had a place for me to stay. So totally fucking did that. Okay. In 2000, yeah. yeah, and so 2000, 2008, I, I, I went out. And actually, so I wanted to test it out, right? So I, I came out in 2008 
and I had a I had a big fight against Ryan Bigler on Guam. But I wanted to prepare because I knew Bigler was Bigler was like the the he was the he was the best guy in the in the island at the time, you know. So I I went out there and I trained for like two three months and then came back to Guam. I got the win and I was like, yo, I need to be out there. You know, I need to train out there with those guys. Like training was a whole different level from boxing to kickboxing to wrestling to jujitsu. His dude, Lloyd, Lloyd Irvin is probably the best guy that I've ever rolled with in my life to this day. The guy is a fucking wizard, dude. So So when you flew out there, were you living with a bunch of fighters? Yeah. So uh, my sister was about like, like a two hour commute away. So I would like to take a train and a bus and a train or a bus train to a bus just to train every day, you know, but, and then I was with my sister for like a, for about a year. And then I moved into a fighter house. What was that like? The fighter house? Yeah. Uh, so it's a lot of adapting, <laughs> you know, there's a, well, it's a lot. It's just, a five-bedroom house with like 10, 12 dudes in there. Who are you living with? Um, at the time when I first moved out there, it was just a bunch of different guys, you know, but like guys would come in, guys would leave. Like I remember I was staying with Jim Kelly. Uh he uh I guess he 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 he's like one of the assistant coach wrestling coaches right now at Iowa for the Hawkeyes. Um yeah. Marshall, uh, but anyway, like the house that I was staying in when I first when I first moved there, uh, fighters were coming in. You know, like Dominic Cruz stayed with us for a little bit when he was getting ready for his WC fight um, with with Eric Del Fierro. Uh, who else? Oh, dude, one of my uh, one of my roommates for a while was. Do you know, do you guys know Bruno Ferzato? No. No. Okay. Bruno Ferzato, like, like, man, he had epic, epic battles with Cobrina back in the day, like, uh, like at Black Belt, Black Belt Worlds. Anyway, this guy was like a, like a freaking world champ, you know, jiu-jitsu, Brazilian guy. Didn't speak, didn't speak no English, no nothing. And, and uh he yeah he was he was like he was like our roommate and i just remember like we had sparring and it was just boxing and i would light it i like i lit him up this one time right and i was like oh yeah dude wow i can hold myself out here you know and then the next day it was like okay valley tuto guys put on the little gloves we're gonna be grappling with punches and i was like oh i'm I'm with bruno again dude i had a world champ grappler gloves and i just lit him up the day before and he was gonna fucking mounted me go mount for fucking anything pounding the fuck out of me anyway just a lot of a lot of great people you know? uh a lot of great athletes we ended up moving to different fighter houses and better house that i stayed in the longest were was with uh um jimmy harbison jt uh keenan Cornelius, um, shit, who else? Did anyone ever rob you guys? Huh? Did anyone ever rob you guys? No, no, so, so we had, you know, we, we would do all these Naga tournaments, right? Like, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and whenever you win a Naga tournament, 
time they were giving us like samurai swords right so we had samurai swords everywhere and we would just always like fantasize with yo man if someone <laughs> tries to rob us we have to have like a protocol how to lock him in <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, so yeah with the swords how do nah man because they were kind of brittle you know oh i think we tried to do try to and we just like snapped one of them and we yeah. broke a window we're like nah yeah, so it was pretty crazy, dude. Just fighter house, just a bunch of fucking kids. You know, honestly, it was just a bunch of kids, dude. Yeah, just a guys, bunch of you kids. You got any crazy stories? <clears throat> uh, but not that I can think of right now. Okay. So, what but was, a load. <laughs> um, what was the biggest difference between training? You know, coming training in Saipan with the trench tech boys and then flying out there and you're surrounded by world champs like Dominic Cruz, Brandon Vera, JT Torres, all these guys. What was the biggest difference in training? Uh, I think work ethic and focus. Uh, focus more so because you, you literally woke up, you ate, slept, drank shit training. Right. Everything, everything about your day was for training. And then everything, yeah, everything, everything about your day was training. And then when you get home, everything was about training. You know, all the little games you played were about training. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so at this point, what, what were your, what were your dreams? <coughs> were they, were they the UFC? Were they to go back to Guam and dominate PXC or was it? Oh yeah. So the, so the goal, the goal. So to answer your first question, the reason why I took a big hiatus was because uh, I knew that I needed to work. I'd never, I didn't have a real skill set, you know, like I was just kind of like a brawler kid. I was, I kind of jack of all trades. I kind of knew what to do from everywhere, but I was never really skilled at jiu-jitsu, skilled at boxing, skilled at whatever. So I needed to build my skill set. So that's why I took, and if you fight all the time, it's kind of hard to build a skill set, you know, because you're always just preparing for the next fight. So I, uh, I, I really used that time, that six years to, to build my skill set <coughs> in jiu-jitsu, in judo, in wrestling, in boxing, in kickboxing, so that uh, I, I could become a better fighter. And then eventually the goal was still to fight in the UFC. When did you figure, like, when did you think, what was the moment to where you figured, okay, um, I've gotten enough training and it's time to start fighting again? uh probably when i moved back home okay so in 2013 so in 2013 i came back to guam um and i knew that i, I to build my name in the states would be kind of hard because it's such a saturated market i at the time the ufc was having like six or seven shows in asia right like in japan and in korea and australia like in this region so i was like you know what i'm gonna go back home and i'm gonna build my name in this region you know i have i i have six years six years of training out in the states six years of training in the states and i'm gonna fight build my name in, in this region and hopefully get a call to fight in the ufc okay so that's what i did 2013 I moved to Guam and, and was fighting in PXD fight else and I, I specifically asked the promoters man give me the, the 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 biggest baddest guys from Asia okay okay wait before we talk about that and we will get to that in a second 
Uh, could we rewind back and go back to 2012 when you were the when you tried out for the Ultimate Fighter? Oh yeah. So in 2012, I got the call. You know, I was like, oh holy shit, we're gonna do it, man. Fuck, we're gonna be on the Ultimate Fighter, or whatever. Uh, fucking flew to Vegas, did the did the whole thing. So actually, uh, yeah, flew to Vegas, did the whole thing, and. Mandalay Bay to fight to get into the house, you know, so they had us isolated in the hotel rooms. It was fucking crazy. Uh, I was going nuts. I was like fucking in jail. Anyway, um, what my first fight was Neil Magny. Uh, we we got into the thing, we squared off, and I was like, another fight. Used to fighting tall guys, you know. So man, I went in there, fucking cracked him with the left hook, and and then uh, took him down. Was pounding at him, pounding at him. He turned over. Rene Kachok was there. I was like, ah, oh, fuck it, Dana White's right here. Bam, bam. I just started pounding and pounding and pounding, trying to get the stoppage. Fucking Neil Magny's tough as nails, you know? Uh, Neil Magny took his beating. Uh, second round, I was fucking tired. Third round, I was even more tired, and I just got my ass beat. For the... He won a decision over me. And then after that, I was just like, fuck. Dude, I thought I fucked up, you know, like I was like, damn, and I, 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 my opportunity of a lifetime, I, I totally fucked up, you know, like it was my one UFC and I, and I messed it up, you know, and, um, was there a mental so hurdle cannot, there you kind of had to overcome? Oh, fuck yeah, dude. I, I almost went there. Like, I, I say almost, or maybe I did, but I was fucking depressed, dude. Like deleted all my social media, didn't talk to no one, whatever. And then uh so i owe a lot to brandon vera because brandon brandon saw like how how like in a hole i was and lloyd saw how how much in a hole i was and he was and brandon was like yo man just come over to freaking it, it was that after the fight oh after the 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 ufc the ultimate fighter i brandon was getting ready to fight shogun and so I just flew from Vegas to California to first fight. And I just stayed with Brandon and he kind of just kind of helped me like, uh, just kind of get back on my, get back on my feet mentally, you know? And, uh, so I owe a lot to that guy. You know what I mean? He, so I stayed with him for a little bit and, you know, we just barbecued fucking child, you know, Brandon loves to chow. Fucking so what, the guy loves to Was there a, was there, um, a moment? What was the moment to where you decided, okay, I'm not quitting. I'm coming back. I'm going to, I'm still going to get this. Um, there's no specific moment, but I just remember Brandon kind of saying things like, yo, man, it's all right, dude. I can just get back up and keep training and live to fight another day. You know, would you say just at that point that, that was your biggest, uh, <coughs> hardest hitting L mentally, you think at that point? You oh yeah. That was, yeah. That was, a, that was the, the hardest hitting L for sure. Yeah. For sure. Because I thought I, I, I thought I, I, I thought I was done. Like I thought I fucked up so bad, where like I won't ever have a chance again. You know, right. when really I was only twenty four years old. You know what right. I mean? So, what was your biggest takeaway from the whole event? From the from Ultimate Fighter. Right. Yeah. Um. That's a very good question. I'm thinking about that now. Probably the, the the my best takeaway from that from that event was seeing like 
like opening my eyes to yeah man okay yeah i i, I didn't make it but this is totally possible dude okay. i could totally do it you know or shit i totally did it yeah but you know yeah i fell short but i could do it do you think um i guess through life in general when you want to reach your goals do you think everyone has like a moment where what I'm trying to say is, do you think that moment made you better ultimately in the long run? Like uh, mentally, do you think it kind of helped you become more of, I'm trying to think how to put it. Um, do you think taking that big L and then coming back from it and coming back and better, did it make you mentally stronger and your, in your career going forward, you think? Oh yeah, for sure. Like, uh, I think after that, and then I think after I had another, another L uh, later on down in my career, but it was like, um, I realized that that there's like a correlation between failure. And success. There's a huge correlation failure and success and but to go out there and purposely fail, you know, like, man, I'm going to fucking fall, but, but like, yeah, fucking losing sucks and failing sucks, but, but I know that, like, I know as long as I myself and just get back on the road, fuck. Well, after that, um, after that uh, event at the UFC, um, you came back to Guam and started fighting in a PXC. And it seems like you, like you were saying earlier, you started exclusively fighting off-island people. Yeah. So how, what did, how did it feel to come back uh, and come back home and start fighting again at the PXC? Dude, so I, you know, I haven't fought in so long. So coming back and fighting in the PXC and fighting in a live crowd and being the hometown favorite, fuck, it was dope, dude. Yeah. You know, it was fucking dope. You know, like it was, it was such a great time during PXC too because you know live events, uh, small island community. You know, all that support. So, wait. so then, so then, uh, when you came back, do you feel like it kind of rejuvenated your spirit a little bit? Oh, one hundred percent, bro, one hundred percent. Because not only was I fighting in, uh, not only was I like fighting and 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 exerting myself like physically and spiritually and whatever but man I was doing it on home turf you know what I mean so it was even more of a of like of like a spiritual gain you would say this is kind of where do you, you think this is kind of where you became Frank the crank in this period of your career uh no not so much because I felt like I I, I felt like I I I built that name uh in Saipan or like right. you know I was like if anything, it was always like I was always that 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 sixteen year old kid, mm. you know. That's that was the crank, you know. So so like coming back, I just kind of had to, I guess, like maybe like really just live up to the name, and then, and then if anything, I I, I probably solidified it, you know. Okay. So when you, when you came back, um, so you then you already were Frank the crank. How did you? You said in your first trench uh, wars, you were the main event already. Um, and they started throwing you at all the top guys internationally immediately when you came back. 
even fought on the same card as Volkanovski, and you were the main event. Um, how did you brand yourself to be someone that everybody loved? You know, I don't know. Like, it was maybe not so much like a, a purposeful thing or shit, like, yeah, not, not on purpose at all. I think, I think the, I think my success and, you know, my success is not, not to everyone else, right? But, like, just, like, I felt like the, the way that I was, that I would continue to better myself with martial arts and with training and with, with myself physically and with my island or whatever was, um, I think I just, just be fucking true to yourself and be authentic as fuck, you know? So and, you and. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, you know, it's just just be authentic as hell, you know? And, and as long as I was, I was authentic to myself and to my, to my mission, um, I was happy with myself and it was just so cool that people fucking saw that and people resonate with it and, and people fucking dig it, you know? So it's like, fuck yeah. Right do, on. Do you think uh, when fighters go to brand themselves, um, sometimes it's hard for them to kind of find how they want to be portrayed, how they want people, is it kind of hard do you think for a lot of fighters to be authentic who they are or find that authentic persona um i i think if uh i think it's a lot of like self-awareness right like like i think you really just gotta fucking know who you know really search for who you are and what you do and what your cause you know what i mean like like if i came out and it, yeah if i worked on it i could i'm sure i can be good you know like if i wanted to be an actor i could be a really good actor if i wanted to you know but mm -hmm. but like if like if I wanted to come out and be like fucking the bad guy, you know, everyone would sniff that out. Like I fucking suck at shit talking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm like, oh God, here's Frank goes again. You know what I mean? <laughs> Unless you want to just be like, like uh, Henry Cejudo and just be like the cringe king, you know? Fucking, hey, if that's, if that's, is that what, if that's what pays your bills at the end of the day. Like who am I to say whatever? Mm -hmm. But, but I think, I think, once people find that authenticity within themselves, I think if they just kind of double down on that and, and, uh, and go with it, because I think what a lot of people have, like not only just fighters is they're so self-conscious about their own authenticity and their own story. They're like, Oh man, maybe my, my shit's not too interesting. You know what I mean? Or maybe I'm not too much of an interesting dude, but like, no man, like fuck if anything, I'm probably one of the most boring guys out there, you know, but I don't, fuck, I don't care. Like, dude, I'll, I spend most of my time with my family. I got fucking three kids. Uh, I like going outside and fucking blowing the leaves, you know, like I can't wait for the grass to grow so I can bush cut and I can't wait to like get out of quarantine so I can train, you know, like that's, dude, that's as fucking complicated as Frank the Crank is, you know, but people resonate with that. People like that, you know, so I double down on it, you know, and and and, and the good thing about doing that is that it's not fucking hard it's like a breeze mm -hmm. yeah it seems like it seems like something that um you hear about it so much more nowadays too where it seems like a, hard, a lot of people have a hard time being themselves yeah and then and which is sad you know what i mean it which is sad because because there's 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 so much there's so much information out there and there's so much there's so much like there's so much information coming at you from of 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 perspectives and perceptions of like what people sh what you should be like you know mm -hmm. but no man you should be like the way you want to be you know what mm -hmm. I mean fuck it <clears throat> all right so 
All right. During this period, you're you're fighting on Guam. You're fighting in the islands. What was the what was the fight that finally got you to call from the UFC? Uh, so there's this. It was two. What was that? 2017, I think. 2017. I uh, kid. I was like, you know what, man. That's my my last fight. Fuck it. I'm not. I'm not getting into the UFC. What I, I'll, I'll cook. Can you get me one? Can you get me a fight? And uh, I wanna just fight this. Could you get me a fight? I'm just gonna get this fight, and if I don't get signed to the UFC, I'll probably call it quits. You know. Um, and it was against his uh, Gyun Han Park. Uh, he. Weight fight. I did the bare minimum for that fight. He was training. He came in with the Korean top team uh, coaches, and you know, yeah, nice guy, super nice guy. But fuck, dude, this guy was huge, dude. He was a monster. He was a fucking monster, dude. At weigh-ins, when we saw him, I was like, okay, dude, this guy's kind of like, um, he's so skinny. We're like, oh, dude, we're gonna fuck this guy up, <laughs> dude. After the weigh-ins. God damn, this guy put on probably like 40 pounds, bro. <laughs> they, he was so big that when he turned me on the cage and his back was on my corner, they said I disappeared. Like his back <laughs> covered me. <laughs> Fucking wild, dude. Anyway, yeah, so he, uh, it was that fight, man. It was on, I think it was May, a few days after my birthday, May 26 or something, dude. I, it was just some, some, it was a little rites of passage trench wars fight and fuck it was it was hell bro it was fucking hell you guys can watch that on on youtube yeah so we we saw it so it looked like there's a part of the fight where this guy had this guy had the win but... yeah dude fuck it. yeah he yeah like he went for a, he went for a shot and i think i went for a guillotine guillotine you know <laughs> fucking went for a guillotine he slipped out and i was like Oh dear. Bro, he mounted you. He was pounding you. You turtled. He was pounding you from there. He took your back. He had the choke so, in. He had the yeah. choke in. What? And he had a deep in. It was, it was, the choke was in. What made you? Yeah. And then my back was like fucking, you know, yeah. I was watching the fight. Yeah, my back was like arched. I was like. What was going through your mind at this point? I, uh, so, so first off, you know, those punches and, and those elbows that he was throwing from the top. Yeah. One of them I covered really well because one of them landed straight in my eye, dude. Ooh. And I was like, holy shit, I, dude, I've never had that before. It fucking hurt. I couldn't, I was seeing like five of them, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was like, holy shit. Sorry, anyway, uh, I, uh, fucking dude. I think he, he got my, uh, I, what I do remember is he got my back and he was choking me and I was gurgling. And I just remember telling myself, I was like, man, you know what? Not like this, you know? I'm not going out like this. But it was, it was not like, but it was straight autopilot during that fight. Because I was fucked. I was, I was beat. I was rocked. I was tired. My hands were hurt. Dude, I was hitting him so hard, bro. My forearms were hurting from the impact, you know? Right. Fucking guy, dude. That guy was fucking tough. Anyway. Yeah, I was like, no, not, not, I was like, this, you know, not like this. And then somehow, some way, man, I just, you know, repetition of, after repetition of just drilling, fucking, I was, I was dazed, I could, I was seeing five and I fucking got a, 
I got the head and arm position. I jumped over and I fucking got it. And I got the sub, dude. Jiu-Jitsu saved my life. Jiu-Jitsu oh, yeah. saved my life, dude. You know what I mean? Like, like you see me bang all the time. You see me scrap all the time. But Jiu-Jitsu literally saved my life because of that fight. When you were chan- So when you were channeling something deeper, basically, to get out of there, what were you channeling? <sighs> Fuck, dude. I was... It, it, it felt like... You know, you ever watch a, you ever watch like movies? This is this is what this is kind of this is a, that was a great question, Rocco. Because like, if you ever channel, if you ever watch movies, right, right before like people die, they they do go f- through flashbacks of photos and slideshows of pictures of memories in their head. Yeah. So I was kind of like going through that, like like uh, like I was getting beat up, but I was going through memories. It felt it felt kind of like that, you know, not like I was like getting beat up and I was like watching a movie, you know, like, <laughs> you know? Know, yeah. but like but but like like internally I was it was kind of like dissecting different things of of all the years that I fucking put into this thing, you know what I mean? From 16 years old all the way to where I'm 27, you know, this is like fucking like 14 years, you know. Did it help that you were in Saipan too? Could you feel the probably crowd's did, energy? yeah. No, no, but yeah, I, I definitely, I, I could definitely feel the crowd energy because I couldn't hear my corner. You know, whenever we get into the ex- exchanges, but the problem was is that when he was hitting me, it was the most quiet. You know, like like the crowd wasn't yelling like yeah go go. They were quiet. They're like oh fuck, our boy's gonna lose. You know what I mean? The prime Saipan's gonna lose. It looked Holy like people shit. were starting to get scared when we watched it. Yeah. Yeah, people were getting scared. Dude, it was fucking crazy, you yeah. know? And and like and like the good thing and the cool thing about the Saipan fights is like the crowd is they're all around you, you know? So you could feel them, you can hear, you can hear what the crowd's saying. It's very intimate. <coughs> so you had your career basically flashing before your eyes. Basically, yeah. Thinking about it now, yeah, it's kind of like that. You know, it's kind of like, man, it was kind of like it was kind of it, but it was it was like it was like my it was like flashing through my eyes and it was I was either gonna make it a choice of am I gonna use this as a with a happy ending or with a sad ending you know I see that so that's you know absolutely and I think that's honestly I think that's incredible Uh, so that spirit then that deep spirit is that something you think people everybody has in them do you think it's something you have to train for do you think uh it's something you get over time or do you think it happens to everybody in special moments throughout their life. Like, I think it, I think it does. I think it will happen to 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 people throughout their whole lives. But I but I also feel that you like anything else, man. You got to practice it, you know, and you got to seek it. You know what I mean? And you got to like constantly dig for it because it's not just gonna. It may it may come out randomly, you know, at, with like super high stakes or with 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 some sort of fucking over the top stimulation, you know, whether like getting punched or elbowed in the fucking face, you know what I mean? But um, I think if you constantly seek it and you constantly like meditate or you constantly like fucking focus or fucking mantras or I don't know, whatever you do, you know, prayer, whatever. I I think you you can cultivate that. Do you think, um, so then what, when, when you were thinking of all that, what was it? that you were thinking of that you thought, okay, because you were basically deciding in that moment, am I done with my career or am I going to keep going? What did, 
what was it that you thought, okay, fuck it, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm coming back. We're going to win this fucking fight. Frank's not. I doing think, it. man, you know, I, I think it, uh, it's not too, too, like, like a linear of like thought when, when that was all kind of happening, you know, like it was like all happening or that. It's not like, okay, am I going to go be or no, I think, I think my spirit was strong, was so strong that I was not going to let it, even if I wanted to, it was not going to let me do it. You know, it's not going to let me quit. It's not going to let me fall. So, so like, if you watch the fight, <laughs> watch the fight again, I get the choke. And then I just start yelling. I just start yelling. It was because it was just like this inner thing of just like, whoa, what the fuck just happened of relief of like, I did it of like, like, oh, this is after you, this is after you won the fight when you were crazy. Yeah. 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 So if you watch the fight after the fight, after I get the choke, I just, I get on my knees and I look up and I just start yelling. I start start screaming, screaming. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So no, no, but, but that, no, but that, that, that initial moment of, of when I'm on my knees still. Right very raw very pure very like not even like out of anger or out of like or out of like relief or out of or out of maybe not maybe relief but like not like out of like fuck yeah like i won you know it was it was not that it was like it was like uh like energy just coming out you know just raw like, it was a spiritual experience yeah just a raw spiritual fucking energy just coming out of my, my body just like oh and then after that, I, I went through the motions of, of feeling good, of the win or whatever. But if you just watch that, there's like whatever, whatever spiritual fucking thing happened to where it had, where I, I got that W and I got the finish and I survived. That initial oh, was just kind of like, re- like a release of whatever that was. Do you think if you gave up in that moment, you, you not only would you have quit, but do you think you would have been disappointed <clears throat> with your career? Uh, yeah, but yeah, but I, but I, but I think, I think if, if, if I had, if I had uh, given up, um, I think it would have been, it's kind of like my spirit telling me that, yeah, I'm, I'm done. Time to go, you know, and it would have been the right decision either way. You know what I mean? Like, like if, if, yeah, if I was done, then I would have been like, okay, you know, maybe, yeah, you know, maybe this is, cause this is, this is a sport where if you're not fully in, bro. Yeah, you're, you're in the wrong. You're in the wrong profession. You're, you're gonna get really hurt. Do you think? Um, did you ever have a moment like that other times in your career? Do you think that was the most powerful? Um, no, that, that that one was a very very unique one. Okay, so this fight happens. You make the big comeback. How long after this do you find out? How long do you have to wait till you find out you you get the call from the UFC? Yeah. So after this fight. After this fight, um, my my manager says, "Hey man, uh, someone got injured. UFC Singapore. We we may get you back. We may get you in. Uh, how do you feel? Are you ready?" I'm like, "Fuck yeah! I just finished the war, but shoot, I'm down. When's the fight?" And they're like, "Oh, in in, in ten days." I was like, "Fuck yeah! Let's go! <laughs> let's go!" Yeah, so ten days. Next thing you know, scrambling around, getting medical done. You know, it's actually crazy. I think after this gun, uh, uh, gun hand park fight, the next day I think I flew to Guam and I did submit. 
the oh, next shit. day. <laughs> yeah. Next weekend? Next no, weekend. no, no. Yeah, so I fought on Friday, and then Saturday was the next day. The Saturday was submit, and I, I had a super fight against some guy from, from like, a, from Korea, Gracie Baja. I was fucked up after the fight. This guy smashed me, dude. He triangled me. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, but I was like, "Fuck it, dude!" I was like, "Fuck it, let's yeah. fucking fight." I'm still, I'm, I still, I'm still alive, bro. Yeah, that afterglow, the post huh? afterglow. What do you mean? Like, did you like after you won that first the, the fight the night before? Were you in that just blissful state? No, because I was I was hurting. Oh, okay. Yeah, like I was physically hurting, you know. But I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess I guess I would say, you know, like fuck yeah, dude. Okay, so you know. When- Go on. Sorry. Oh, so yeah. So ten days, ten days. Got the call. Next thing you know, scrambling around medicals, uh, uh, on a plane to Singapore. What was the reaction like from like the people around you when they found out when the news finally broke out? Like you made it. You're going to UFC. <clears throat> Man, you know, I wish I wish I had more time because I'm so fast. Everything was happening so fast, dude. Medicals getting ready, holy shit, you're in the UFC, interviews, holy shit, you're in the UFC, holy shit, we're going to Singapore, whoa, I've never been to, how do we do this, you know what I mean, right. next thing, and then, and then when you, when we got to Singapore, it was like, oh, and the first, so the corner, like, who, who's my corner, who's, who can come, you know, this is like super short notice, bro, and you gotta, like, you're gonna be gone for like a week, uh, okay, um, when we get there, okay, what do we do now? When we get there, I'm scrambling around doing all media stuff, all freaking medicals, uh, pictures, glove fitting, uh, outfit, you know? So, like, it was just so freaking fast. Right. Was, there, was there a big difference between when you're traveling to Singapore for the UFC versus, like, when you were traveling to the Philippines for the URCC? Oh, yeah, bro. It's like, uh, yeah, man, fucking... Like the difference between uh, a foot, uh, a, a, is the difference between a football game and fucking and 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 like coming to a, an NFL game, bro. You know, yeah. fucking they they you know, they 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 treat you like a professional athlete. Right. Uh, when you got that call and you made it to the UFC, do you feel like you made it? Not to the oh, UFC yeah. per se, but did you feel like you finally arrived yeah. at where you were trying to be your whole life? Yeah, yeah, I find yeah, I kind of, I kind of felt that way, which in the sense kind of fucked me over, okay. because, because, now that I finally made it to the UFC, like I was like, oh man, I finally made it to the UFC, but when you're in the UFC, bro, you're starting from the beginning again, dog. You know what I mean? Like now, now every fight is fucking hard. Yeah, right. Yeah, but still, it's kind of cool watching that uh, that episode of you. Uh, with with you and uh, Steve Roberto, Malcolm Manabus, and you guys and Kuki, oh, yeah, guys yeah. all in uh, Singapore, man, you just you don't even look like you know a lot of people are like their pre video fights, they're like tough, you know, they're gangster, man. You just look like a dude living the dream, like yeah, bro, like enjoying it. yeah, bro, bro, I was enjoying it, dude. Fucking imagine fourteen years, dude. Yeah, absolutely, fourteen years of of trying to get into this thing, and I finally got it, you know, and and. I was really just in living the moment. I was yeah. really living the moment. And so, uh, you know, come to think of it, maybe I lived it a little too too much. 
but I was really enjoying the moment, bro. I was really living it. I can't blame you. And it was cool because it seemed like, not that they were living through you, but because, you know, Melkor and Steve Roberto, they were guys who were so, um, so important. To, they basically started up the MMA jiu-jitsu yeah. culture on Guam, at least in the modern day one, especially. It's almost seemed like um, it was like their debut in the UFC too. You know what yeah. I mean? It was like and, and then also. Yeah, yeah, for sure, because they, they were all a part of it, you know? Yeah. And then also, too, they, they, they watched me grow. Yeah, exactly. As a little kid, you know what I mean? And they're like, holy shit, Frank's fucking in it, you know? Yeah, it was like when MMA and Jiu-Jitsu first came to the islands, it was like a full circle. Like, everything that happened ended up, you were the guy who ended up uh, being the guy to bring it to the main stage. Yeah, and yeah, it was, it was just kind cool of cool. to see that, yeah. Yeah, it was super cool. Yeah, and, uh, and I'm glad that everyone was so stoked. So let's talk about the debut itself. What was the ambience and the energy like, you know, when you're walking out? Oh man, UFC, bro, fucking uh, the the walk, the walk from the locker room to the to the uh, fucking to the curtains that they open up before you walk into the arena. That's always the scariest. You know? But but like everything, everything was just I felt like a pro athlete. You know, like they took care of you. Everything, everything. They had your agenda, your time. What time they pick you up, your food, fucking we're staying at the Marina Bay Sands, you know what I mean? So I was just like, it was, it was real nice, you know? Right. Um, and I want to talk, uh, talk to you specifically about a specific moment within your fight. And I want to bring it up because I watched it live and I thought it was, it was badass. I'm talking about when you let out your war cry. Oh, 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 you, oh, you, you were there live? No, I wasn't there live, but I was live watching it through TV. Oh, no shit. Yeah, so, well, when you let out the war cry, I feel like it was kind of symbolic because it was, like, your way of showing. One, it was, like, you know, it was cool because it's a very island thing to do, you know, the... <laughs> and two, yeah. I felt like it was your way of, you know, saying, like, I fucking made it to the UFC. You know? Yeah, well, you know, like... Well, so... <laughs> well, funny thing is, is that the reason... The multiple reasons why like I yelled I yelled I think I yelled twice but one of the reasons why I yelled was because he kept fucking kicking my leg and I'm like god damn this fucking hurts <laughs> and the second one I was like uh you know but it was more so like like I had to get myself in a mindset like in a warrior mindset of like yo man let's fucking go dude you know what I mean yeah like like, fuck, we're here, man. I'm here to fight. I'm here to fight. Let's go. Yeah, you're fucking me up, but I'm not quitting. You know what I mean? Like, like, I know it's not so much for the, not so much for the world to see, but more so for my opponent to see. You know what I mean? You think it like, had yeah, an effect on him? He backed off, and that's why he was, he was, he was just hitting me from the outside. You know, like, a smart, like, it would be, it would have been dumb of him to, like, to, like, exchange with me, you know? Because right. he was winning the fight right and um for that fight you you actually got the fight of the night bonus did did that feel like a win in itself yeah you know so again after the law after after I, I i lost the decision i was like fuck dude damn man i'm gonna get cut by the usc you know like i came in on short notice i was supposed to win this fight what the fuck you know like damn another l in the books i was like damn they're gonna get i'm gonna get cut again 
uh, you know, like another failure, right? I'm like, I gotta work my way. Am I gonna, am I gonna dedicate my time again to work my way back up into getting the UFC? And then when we got fight of the night, like, uh, uh, I started crying in the, in the bus when we found out, not because I got 50 K it, I, I was crying because, um, it was cool to see the UFC, like the best, like, well, you know, like the, like the, like this organization and its fans appreciate my heart and spirit that I put into, ev into every fight. You know, that was fucking dope, dude. It's you know, like, man, fuck. yeah, I was like, yo, man, I've been fucking doing this shit for so long. And it was like, it was kind of cool to be like, hey, Frank. Fuck yeah, dude. Good oh, yeah. fucking fight, man. I love, I love your heart and your spirit, man. Hey, here, you, here, here's, here's your award, fight of the night. You know, you, you felt appreciated. Fuck yeah. Yeah, that's cool. You know, and you know, not, not that, not that I was, that I would, that I was, that I'm doing it to feel appreciated. It was just, it just felt nice. You know, and then and then seeing seeing that extra seeing that extra fifty k in your bank account fucking yeah, makes a big nice difference. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's it's real nice, you know. Especially your your uh, I have been broke my whole life, you know. The 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 fighter the the fighter fucking life sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? So then, do you feel like um, is that one of your even though you lost the fight itself? Do you think in the fight of the night was one of the greater moments of your career or favorite moments? Oh yeah, yeah. Fuck and then next and then we went three fights in that three fights fight of the nights in a row. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's not like I'm trying to get fight of the night. I'm trying to fucking win. You yeah. know what I mean? But but the problem is is that I I like I was I was always just basically bringing a I was always bringing a knife to a gunfight. You know? Like but I'm really good at the knife. Yeah. But I have a fucking big ass arsenal. I, I I can kick. I can I can grapple. I can fucking wrestle. You know. But I just wanted to bring the knife all the time, which made fucking for epic fights. You think next time you'll bring the rocket launcher? <laughs> yeah, next time I'm bring the fucking machine gun, bro. Hell yeah. Or the fucking sniper. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fuck, I'm gonna go in and out, man. Hell yeah. And I'm what, smarter now. When when you're when you so when you're making that change from from uh, from local to international and now you're fighting the ufc is it more of a difference that change in caliber is it more of a physical difference or is it more of a mental difference uh i think both, both. i think both because because guys are strong all the guys in the ufc are strong fast and good can you feel the difference you know? in the caliber yeah for sure because because Every, every, everyone, everyone in there is good, you know, and everyone there is strong. Everyone there is fast. So, like, you, how do you differentiate yourself? You know, you got to be smart. So, what adjustments did you make after your first? So, what adjustments did you make after your first fight to your second fight? You think that was mostly like the honeymoon phase wore it off? Um, were you kind of? I think. I think my zone? my. I, I never really had time to make adjustments. Really, my first to fourth fight, man, it was just so fast okay after my fourth fight um after my fourth fight then went to california to train with oyamas because i i fought neil jeff neil and i got knocked out by a head kick and i was like yo man i can't be doing this i need to fucking can't be brawling with these guys like i need to like i need to find a 
I need to, I need to find a coach. I need to find a good team. You know, I need to take it to the next level. These guys are fucking good, you know? Mm-hmm. So then when you're at this stage of your career, then what adjustments are you like? Cause you're already so good and not just you, but even just other high level fighters and martial artists. Um, Cause it gets to a point where not that there's diminishing returns, but you're not getting as much out of things as you were when you were a white or a blue belt, a purple belt. So at this stage in your career, how do you, how do you get better? Or is it more of a understanding your opponent more? Um, I guess to really simplify it, it's more so <clears throat> not so much how to fight, but more so the way of the fight. I don't know if that makes sense. No, so can you explain that? So like, not so much how to fight, right? Because like, man, you, I, I know how to throw punches. I know how to throw kicks. I know how to grapple. I know how to roll. But like the way of the how all of it works in synchronization together, you know, like strategically, mentally, emotionally, fucking tactically, you know, like how do you put it all together to 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 get finishes and to get wins? So is there kind of a natural flow to that then? That's kind of hard to describe. Yeah, yeah kind of hard to describe man and it's just how do you that it's like that x factor you know what i mean um so we got i got a, we just got a few questions left uh before we go we kind of want to talk about your mindset and your personality though frank you're probably one of the greatest people i've met like you're just probably one of the nicest purest dudes I've ever met but bro when you go in the cage like bro you're just down to fuck people up so how you know when you think of most fighters like i'll be honest growing up and watching you, like being a kid, and I'd see all the fighters, and I'd see Frank the Crank, I would think like, man, this guy's probably like, not that he's a dick, but man, this guy's probably some macho tough guy, like, you know, like he's probably some crazy, you know, like gangster. You know what I mean? And yeah. Now, dude, like, you know, now that I'm growing up and talking to more people, and bro, you're such a nice guy. Um, how do you flip that switch to where you just get that? Mindset. How, how do you crank it up? How do you crank it up? Yeah. How do you flip that switch and what's going through your mind from Frank, the family man, to Frank, I'm going to fuck you up in these next five minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, I think, I think when you, yeah, when you, when you, when you see, like, I'm very aggressive when I fight, right. I'm, I, I, I have a lot of intention during my fights, but I have no real, like, ill intention though, when I'm, when I'm fighting, you know what I mean? Like, I think at one time I fought, and I fought angry, and I fought with emotion, and uh, it was very scary, scary in the sense that I was not making the, I was not, like, like, I was making emotional decisions, and when you make emotional decisions, you can get fucked over, you know, you can get fucked up, you know, I was not rational with my thought, like, I was, I was, I was, uh, uh, I was just not clear-minded, you know, mm-hmm. so I guess, I guess when it's game time and I have to crank it up, like I literally just, I basically, I fight like the way I train, you know? And uh, I, I, the reason why I train hard and sometimes people say like I, I, I spar hard or I roll hard or I fucking grind people's face when I, when I train is because like that's the way that it's, it's the way the martial arts was developed. You know what I mean? Like, like at the very core of it, like on the, on the self-defense aspect, like if I have to defend myself for my fucking life, man, I'm going to fucking frame my forearm on your face. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. 
So I'm, uh, I guess, you know, honoring the art, honoring myself and honoring, yeah, honoring the art for what it's developed for and, and not sugarcoating it because I, I should be, I should be nicer person, a nicer training partner. No, like, I feel like if I'm a nice training partner, I'm doing my training partner a disservice. You know, but some people take that the wrong way, right? Like, oh man, fucking Frank's a dick. But I'm not. I'm not a dick because I'm. I'm actually a, a relatively nice guy, you know, and I really mean well. Like, yeah. if anything, I'm trying to teach you, teach my training partner better. And if anything, I want him to be go hard on me so that I could be prepared in the event that I fucking go against someone that's really good, you know. So, I guess when it's time to crank it up, really just go out there and do my job. Like you know? Uncle Mike said, don't hold back. Dude, don't hold back. Tell me, don't hold back. <laughs> and I want to ask you another question, and this is kind of off topic, but I'm I'm curious personally. Where did where did the nickname Frank the Crank come from? Is that oh, a household name now? Where's where that? From? Oh, dude, you know what's so crazy is that uh, I wasn't supposed to have a fight name, <laughs> and then so the announcer for the for the event for for Trench Wars One was Cookie Alvarez. He didn't, you know, he was a promoter, but he was he was a, and I was the last fight, right? So he was. I was the last fight. I was the main event. See, you know what I mean? Right. So then he, I didn't, I didn't want to fight him. I just wanted to be Frank Camacho. And then he's, he just yelled out basically the, the word that rhymed with Frank, you know, luckily he didn't say anything else like Frank the skank or Frank the spank <laughs> or anything like that. Or, so he just said, Frank, the crank, Camacho. <laughs> and then, after the fight, after I won, everyone was like, hey, good fight, Crank, good fight. You know, I was like, holy shit, dude. Fucking, and then it stuck. He was just feeling it, and he just, he yeah. just let it up. Yeah, so fucking it stuck, you know? So I guess I need to, like, develop, like, a Crank move, you know, or fucking something, <laughs> you know what I mean? Did you go through an identity crisis, you think, after that? <laughs> no, no. I fucking wrote it. I was like, ah, like huh, who bro. am I? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who am I? <laughs> um, so then what do you say... To people from small towns or small islands or people who didn't grow up with the nicest facilities, with big dreams, um, what would you say to those people? Fucking just, just go out there and fucking crank it out, man. Yes, sir. You know, and, uh, you know, and you know, so, so, so that's why I'm very fascinated with like going to like schools and, and more so with like, uh, like kids that are a little bit less fortunate and uh just talking to them and, and because and just talking to them and just not even like having like fucking inspirational speeches or whatever but just being there just to converse you know like if they have any questions or whatever because uh growing up I never had that you know like in Saipan there was only a few things that I was gonna do is either go to school join the military or just fucking stay home mm-hmm. you know what I mean nothing really much to do you know like and 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 school school and golf was going to be the thing but I was like fuck man I don't know what to pursue in 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 college you know what I mean like fuck I'm just gonna waste money you know I'm just gonna waste money because I'm gonna go to college say I'm going to college but I'm gonna skip out of fucking training all day you know yeah <laughs> you know so uh so that, that, that was where my mindset is my mindset was so like just you know just go I, I like I like man whatever whatever it is you're gonna do man just whatever you you feel like feel like doing and just be around it you know just be around it because oh fuck if you're trying to be if you're trying to be a fucking uh 
safe. Yeah, like, how do I say this? Um, the more you're around that energy, things will start yeah. kind of coming to you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, like, like if you, if you hang around, if you hang around nine drug dealers, you're about to be the 10th. You yeah. know what I mean? And you're hanging around fucking nine world champions, you're bound to be the 10th. You know, you just eat, sleep, and fucking breathe world champion fucking mindset, you know, work ethic and everything. You know, so just be a man, choose your friends wisely, be around good people, and, uh, and fuck it, man. Fuck what people say, dude. Just pursue what you want to do, you know, do, do what you want to do. And, 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 and get after it, you know, don't, don't lie to yourself. Don't, don't, don't cheat on yourself and just, just give it your all, all the time, you know, surround yourself with good people who support you on your dreams and give it your all. 100%. Yeah. Last, last question. Uh, what are your, what are your dreams? Is there a moment you're chasing? Is there a dream you're still chasing? Yeah. You know, I've, I've kind of, I mean, no real, I'm kind of at this point where I have no, uh, aspir, you know, like, like championship aspirations. <clears throat> yeah. I have no real like championship aspirations, right? Like, like I'm not really too, I mean, if I ever get the chance and, and win a couple fights to get to where I fight for the title, hey, so be it, but you know, I'm not going to talk shit. I'm not going to do everything that I can to get to the title or whatever, right? But my goal is to is to uh, fight in a car on a card. To the islands are highlighted like in a countdown. I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Like you know, like like a UFC embedded or like a or like a UFC countdown. I just really want to show the world like where I come from. Okay, and that's cool. Yeah, then and then that's that's like a goal, you know. That's a, that's like a goal, and, and whether it's for a title shot or whether it's just to headline a main event or whatever, like that's always been my goal, you know. Like if I could just get that, and uh, yeah, of course, right, I have little like little goals and aspirations, like you know, I want to get three fights this year, and obviously like win three fights, and I want to like crack into like the top twenty within this year, you know, like yeah, I have a lot of like goals, but. But the ultimate goal, man, is just sit, like if I could just sit down and watch on YouTube the fucking UFC countdown, whatever, and it just shows, you know, like the in, in the UFC with like drone footage of like Guam and training here in fucking Zonia, you know what I mean? Like fucking like an island boy, just highlight the people, highlight highlight the beaches, highlight the the food highlight what Guam and the Marianas and Saipan's about, you know, like that would be a win, man. And that's, that's always been a goal. Let's fucking do it, Frank. We're going to do it, bro. Yes. Let's sir. Do it. Yeah. We're going to do it, dude. Let's crank it the fuck up. Yeah. It's just taking a little longer than usual, but man, fuck it, dude. I'm, I'm used to it. You know, we're going to yeah. do it. Yeah. I got a few years in me, you know what I mean? So, uh, let's fucking go. Well, Frank, I think we, we believe in you. We trust in you. We know you can do anything you set your mind to. So Hey, we're rooting for you. Fuck yeah, man. Thank you guys, bro. Hell yeah, Frank. All right. Um, That's it. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for being uh, the first of something very special. Oh, hell yeah. Hell, it's going to be so sick, man. I can't wait. And uh, 
I'll be sure to, 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 to spread the word. And, you know, for all the people listening out, man, just, you know, if you, if, if you don't follow me, man, check me out, uh, you know, on all social media, fucking TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that, all the YouTube, all that, all that mess. And man, be sure to check out uh, these guys at blackbeltnutrition.com. 